Okay, everybody. Parshas Kisisa, uh, also Parshas Para this week, which uh, according to some is Del Raisa. Uh, we're not going to talk about Parshas Para uh, now. Right? We can, when we get to Chukas, right? we'll talk about Parshas Para. Uh, but Parshas Kisisa, chock full, uh, very, very packed Parsha. We'll only get to a few Nikudos. Just to recap very quickly, B'nai Yisrael are commanded to take the Machzitz HaShekel. Uh, B'nai Yisrael build the Kior. Uh, they build, uh, they, Moshe makes this anointing oil for the Mishkan, for the Kohanim. There's a discussion about how to make the Ketores. Hashem appoints B'tzalel and underneath him, Oliav, uh, to build the Mishkan, to be in charge of the actual building. Uh, there's a commandment of Shabbos thrown in there. Uh, and then we launch into the Egel Hazav story, right? Moshe gets the Luchos, Egel Hazav. Uh, Moshe Davins, he destroys the Luchos, destroys the Egel, Davins again, right? Hashem agrees. Right, uh, Moshe asked to see, uh, you know, what Kaddish Baruch Hu's midos, and tell me how, uh, tell me how you work. Uh, so Kaddish Baruch Hu tells him, "Yigimel midos arachemim," thirteen attributes of mercy. Moshe gets the second lichos. Right, this is a renewal. Right, Kaddish Baruch Hu obviously forgives Bnei Israel. They renew their vows, so to speak, uh, with uh, with the bris. Uh, that a coach broke made with him in our Sinai. This is re- kind of a rehashing of that. And uh, Moshe finally comes down uh, with a Karen Orpanov that he has a, his face is shining. He has to put on a mask. Very interesting uh, kind of fupsukum there at the end of the parsha. We're not going to talk about it right now, but definitely could I uh, to look into. To start with the beginning, the Machazitza Shekel. Why, why are Bnei Yisrael counted via the Machazitza Shekel? So aside from the Midrashim, right? The Tanchum has a few explanations. Right, according to the opinion that says it was an atonement and a kapara for the Egelazov, uh, since they so according to that, so it, it, that's Rashi quotes that I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that so according to that opinion, the Tanhuma says the Medrash Tanhuma that uh, since they only made the Egel after half a day, right? Because Gemara says that that Moshe told them he would come back after noon, right? After noon, uh, and uh, basically when Moshe didn't didn't show up, right, then they started the eagle preparation, so since it was a half a day, okay, it was a half a shackle, okay, very cute, fine. Rashi explains uh, that uh, the reason the Bnei Yisrael were counted, right, with the Machzitzah Shekel is because to count them regularly would create an Ayin Hara, that would create a plague, right, as we see based on what happened in the times of David Melech. but Rashi doesn't explain why that is so. Uh, or how counting right, brings about an Ayin Hara or a plague. Right? And even Otter, the Sizzichacham in there, says that the Ayin Hara only comes when counting the entirety uh, of Bnei Yisrael. Uh, that would go against right, our, our common practice of you know, counting you know, 10 Jews, or Shia Samecha, or whatever it is. Pasecha Zedecha, I don't know, not, not Pasecha Zedecha. Right? Some people say, Amoti, right? when you're counting 10 Jews for a minion, right? you, do, you use, uh, use Psukim, you don't use numbers. Okay, but either way, like, what, what's the deal? What is this Indian of counting? And why does that create an Ayin Hara? Uh, and why does that bring about a plague? So Shlomo Klagsbald, the Rav in Teret Nof, and Shul, where I daven in Harnof, right? So I remember he explained a very, very powerful, slightly terrifying, uh, terrifying way, uh, using what happened in Auschwitz as an example, right? Obviously, Jews who came to Auschwitz, as, as everybody pretty much knows, right? What happened, first thing, pretty much, was they got a number tattooed on their arm. Uh, and you have to think about what that does to a person, right? To give someone a number, right, is to remove them, uh, is basically to remove their humanity, right? It removes their name, uh, and not only that, it removes them from the group. It makes them alone, right? You're only that number now, right? You're number 300, 257, right? You're not Shaykh to number, you know, 15,891, right? It's just, you're just three, tw- whatever number I said before, you're just that number. No, you're not part of the whole, 
right? You're a single entity, right? That's that's what giving a person a number instead of a name, right? That's you know in every movie ever where you have like inmates, inmate number, you know this, that, and the other thing. That's done on purpose, right? To take away the person's name to take away a person's identity and to take away a person's association with other groups, right? It makes a person to a loner. On the other hand, right, to count a sum of people with half shekels, right, does the opposite, right? It gathers everyone together, right? It's not single shekels, it's half shekels that everybody kind of comes to create this greater whole. Right now, everyone simply, is simply part of a greater collection of coins, right? Where each one of us is a half, right? We, by definition, have to join no pun intended, have to join, that's actually not the same word, so I don't know why I said that, but we have to join with other people, right, to create a whole, to create an entire, even to create a single one, we have to join with somebody else, right, and Chazal often, right, talk, and this is the, the whole idea of, of a, a, a tzibur and a yochid, that when you have a koch of a tzibur, the tzibur together, right, can weather many, many storms, a yochid by himself, right, he's on his own, he's on his own, she's on her own, Right, whatever merits and judgment in Shemayim, fine. But Chazal talk about in many, many, many places a call of a tzibur, that if you latch on to a group, right, so if you latch on to a group, so that creates much more schusim. And that's what we were trying to do right now. Again, according to the opinion that it was a, a, one of the things that atoned for the Chet Egel, so, right, you wanted to be part of that group, part of that group that was pardoned. By 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 a Kaddish Baruch Hu, right? We always want to opt into the power of a seaboard, right? The extra koch that it has. For example, the Gemara in Sota and Daflamim Beis. Right? Mishnah says you can say Kriyashman Tfila in any language, and the Gemara says, really, any language? Right? Rav Yudah says that, that we don't daven in Aramaic because the angels don't understand it and they can't help your Tfilos reach Shemaim, whatever that means, right? Ayin Shem. So the Gemara answers, yeah, that's only if you're davening by yourself. If you're davening by yourself, then you need help, as it were however you understand that, to get your tefillahs right up to the Kisei HaKavod. But if you're diving in at Sibor, then you can dive in any language. Right? That's what Rashi explains over there in that, uh, in that Gemara. That someone who is diving in a minion doesn't need such help. The tefillahs go straight up, go straight to Shemayim. Right? I remember my, uh, ironically enough, my computer teacher in YU, he's from Yid, so he said, he once was giving us some mushal, uh, and he said, it's like when you go to Davin, right, when you go to buy uh, a bag of onions, if you need one onion, you look at it, you check it out, right? Make sure it's not too small, not too big, right? If not peeling, not rotten. But if you buy a bag of onions, you just grab the bag. So that's Tefillah with Sibor, right? Coach Rabbi just grabs the bag, right? It just goes up right, up to Shavayim. Again, there are many examples of this. I'm not going to beleaguer the point. There's a Koch at Sibor, a Koch of being counted uh, in the Klal. And that's in the, in the Klal. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with the Machas Shekel to kind of join together, right? Ba'achtus, which we'll talk about also in a second. The Achtus of coming together as a cloud that everybody should see themselves as a half, as a part of a whole, as a part of a greater whole, right? and then uh, and be part of, of the Tzibur of Am Yisrael, and Bizocha that way. Rukhayim Shmulevitz points out in Sikhus Musr that there's an Isr of Lo Yamit, right? but also Lo Yarba, meaning that, uh, 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 what did the Puzzle say? The Puzzle said, Ha'ashir Lo Yarba, V'hadal Lo Yamit. Someone who is rich shouldn't give less, uh, shouldn't give more than a Machzeh Shekel, and someone who is poor shouldn't give less. Um, and that, meaning both are equally forbidden, right? That meaning you can't just decide to give more than everyone else, right? It had to be built by the Kalal equally together, right? The, the Machzia Shekel, the, the one, this one that they collected in this week's Parsha, went to the Adanim, to the little kind of like, uh, whatever you call them, the holes or the spokes uh, that they put in there, they helped to build the walls of the Mishkan, right? That basically supported the Mishkan, because otherwise all the walls were single individual beams, right? But once you had, the, you know, these little spokes to put the the, the, the poles through, to kind of connect the whole thing, 
that had to be given by everyone equally, right? Once a person gives more than someone else, right, that separates them out from the group, right? And that was the Milo of the Nisim, if you remember, in, in, uh, in Parsha's Naso, right? They gave the same Korban, right, by the Chanukah Shem Miskan. We read the same Parsha over and over and over, right? we read on Chanukah, right? Each Korban of the Nasi. Why does the Torah repeat all of those Korbanos? They're exactly the same. So that's exactly the point. That was the Milo, because if one of them would have given more, that would have separated them out from the group. No one won up their friend, right? They all gave the exact same thing, uh, even though, right, they certainly had the opportunity to do so. There's no commandment that they should give, you know, the exact same Korban. Rav Chaim Shlavitz quotes that Gemara in Krisus. Gemara in Krisus Davav. I'm Rav Chaim Bar Bizna. I'm Rav Shimon Chazida. Call Tainis Sheinbab Mepisha Yisrael. Ain't no Tainis. If you have a fast that doesn't include some of the Rishonim, if some of the Rishonim are not in fasting, that's not considered a Tainis. Sharach Chel Ben Areach Rechara. I quote the Gemara that talks about the Ketores, which we have in this week's parsha. The Chel one of the parts of the Ketores, had a bad smell. But the Torah lists it right in one of the spices of the Ketores, right? One of the spices of the Ketores smelled bad, right? Because you need everything. You need all aspects of Am Yisrael, right, to come together. Uh, and we need the Guda Achas, right? We need the same Gemara Menachos, right? Again, famous Gemara Menachos about the Dalad Minim. Right? Everybody knows you can't have three Minim. You can't take just a Lulav and Esrog and the Aravos. You need the Adasim as well. Or you need that. You can't leave out the Aravos. Right, the Aravos have no smell and have no taste, right? Again, that, that's Ayin Sham, right? All that Torah that that you hear on Sukkot. Right, we need a good Achas. We need to have Achdus. We need to have everybody together. And that's uh, an important lesson of the Machsiz Shago that we all want to tap into that Koach HaTzibur. On the other hand, right, it points out Remelech, Remelech Biderman, that we do see in, in this week's parsha the koach of the tefillah of the yachid, right? We shouldn't think that the yachid's tefillah, right? We compare, we said, ah, oh, the, the tefillah of a tzibor, Kosh Baruch just takes. A yachid, he has to work harder. But, right, don't underestimate the tefillah of a yachid. Because, what do you see this week's parsha, right? Moshe Rabbeinu did so much with his tefillahs, right? He saved Amishal from destruction. Right? Like, Amar right? Rabbi Avo says that the Puzzle hadn't said it, we couldn't have said it. Puzzle says, Right, Hashem says to Moshe, Hanichali, leave me alone. Right, and the Gemara there says that Moshe Kivyachal grabbed the Kosh Baruch Hu like a friend grabs, uh, like a person grabs his friend by his jacket and says, I'm not leaving you alone until you forgive Am Yisrael. Right, unbelievable. Moshe had that Koch Now, I, we're all not Moshe Rabbeinu. That is true. But there are many examples in the Gemara and, 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 and Chazal about the Koch of even a single individual. And Choni Amagil and and uh, the travelers, uh, the, well, okay, but, uh, without getting into examples, the kachat of of uh, a single a single individual, right, is tremendously powerful. And that's what Melech points out. Look how far the kachat of an individual an individual go, as if the person themselves can grab a kosh baruch right, and kavachoma the kach of a tefila of a tzibur. Certainly, we shouldn't uh, underestimate our own our own powers and our own uh, ability to daven. Now, uh, very odd phraseology. By the Machsiz Shago. very strange phrase. Pasuk says, "Kol haover al hapakudim, Machsiz Shago, Veshago lakodesh, Esrim gera Shago, Machsiz Shago, Truma leshem." Very, very odd phraseology. Kol haover al hapakudim. Anybody's going over the the numbers. Um, uh, how do you translate that? Call it, let me just look that. What, what do you? How do you give a good translation translation of that? Uh, Call how yeah. Everyone who passes through the census, okay. I mean, anybody who who's basically giving here, anybody who wants to be counted, 
Ma'achaziz v'shakal b'shakal ha'kodesh. They have to give ma'achaziz v'shakal with holy shkalim. Esrim gira ha'shakal. 20 gira. Right? That's esrim gira ha'shakal. That's how much it's worth. Like a gira was a smaller coin. Ma'achaziz ha'shakal. Right? It's half a shakal. Truma l'ashem. It's a gift to Hashem. What, how many times are we going to say that? Are you going to give? Are you not going to give? It's half. It's half a shekel. It's worth this. It's half a shekel again. It's kadosh l'ashem. What's going on over here? So Ramel quotes the, the Orach Lechaim. Well, I'm not sure who that is. But uh, he said, he explains based on the Gemara and Kiddushin, uh, and Daph Mem Amid Beis. Gemara there says, La'olam yira adam, a pretty well-known Gemara, quoted often during the Yom Narayim, La'olam yira adam atzmo ki'ilu chetzio chayev, Right, the Rambam quotes this: uh, that a person should always view themselves as if they are uh, half and half, right? as if they're a benoni, as if right now they're schusim and they're chiyuvim. Their 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 scale is literally fifty-fifty, right, smack equal in the middle. So that one mitzvah tilts them towards schus, and one avera, right, tilts them in the opposite direction. Chas So it explains the Aruch Lachaim. Right, this is for anybody. Right, this gemara is for everyone. Tzaddik, Russia, anyone. Even though that's very strange. Right. Again, a Tzaddik is much more than 50-50. But still, they should see themselves as 50-50, even though technically that brings them down. Because what will happen? That will keep them from doing Averos. And the flip side, a Russia, even though he's much less than 50-50, maybe he's even, you know, 1 and 99 in terms of his mitzvos versus Averos. But still, that he should view himself as a 50-50, even though that brings them higher than they really are. Because again, as it says in Perkei Elvis, right, Perk Beis, right, don't view yourself as a Russia. Because that, if you view yourself as Russia, that's what happened to Acher. Acher thought that he was a Russia, that he had no chance to do tshuva, uh, and get, so he just chucked it. Right? If a person views themselves as a Russia, they'll just chuck it. So Russians should also see themselves uh, as 50-50, right? And, and do mitzvot and, and whenever presented and run away from Averos. So even if you're down, says Ramelech, right? Even if you've fallen spiritually, right? Don't look at that. You got to view yourself as a benoni. You got to view yourself as 50-50. And based on that, that's how he wants to reinterpret the psukim. Like we said before, the Hasidim very often like to take uh, the psukim as written and take the literal translation, even though the psukim obviously, Pashup Shot, means something else, but to use those words and kind of turn them into uh, a beautiful message. So he says, call over al pukudim, right? The word over means to violate. The means to violate. Right? Usually we use, if someone's over on an asa, he's over on a los asa, right? It means he's violated one of the halachos, one of the Torah, one of the mitzvahs. So call over al pukudim, anybody who's over. Right, on the halachos of the Torah, he should shikul, right, he should his valuation, right, shekel, the shekel, right, same, same word, right, same shoresh, really, not the same word, but machazis shekel, he should see himself, his shikul, his evaluation of himself, should be machazis, should be 50-50, right, b'shekel ha-kodesh, when they take a, a holy evaluation, when they're trying to view themselves in terms of spirituality, in terms of ruchnius, they should see themselves as machazis, they should see themselves Right, as 50-50. And if Melech quotes Avod is Yisrael, that's what it means when it says, we quoted before, someone who's rich shouldn't do more, right? And someone who's less shouldn't do less. Right? They shouldn't do anything less than That's exactly our point. The usher, the rich guy in mitzvot, the tzaddik, shouldn't be marbing themselves and think that they're above 50-50. And the dal, the poor person, the per- poor person in mitzvot, the Russia. Shouldn't be yamit, shouldn't make themselves less than 50 50. But right? everyone should view themselves as a benoni, right, and use that to fuel 
or their accomplishments. Uh, it says, I'd say it in the name of the Chidush Arim, I think, that the, the whole problem, right, the big Avera, either, oh, it's the Chuzemi Lublin, I'm sorry. The Chuzemi Lublin says the big Avera of Chita Ego was not that they did it, but that they picked, they didn't pick themselves up afterwards. Right, the Pazik says, Vais Ablu, that they mourned, right, but they mourned for the loss of their crowns, right, that Malachim came down and took the crowns from Nezrael, they had two crowns, one from Nasa, one from Nishma, right, as a punishment for Chita Ego, the Pazik says it's Vaisa Blue. Says the Chosemi Lublin, that was the sin. That was the great sin of the Chet Ego. That they mourned and they didn't pick themselves up right away and didn't, you know, do tshuva and move on. Right? Because a person needs to see themselves and, and be as ready to move on. Yes, okay, we fail once, we fail twice. Right? Sheva Yipal Tzadik Vikram, we talked about that last week. Right? Tzadik falls and he gets back up. But the not getting back up, that was the Chet. Right, that was the chayt, and this is again. This Indian is so important in both ways. Right, for someone who's doing well, right, not to let the tzlaka get to your head. Right, we've talked about in the past that the yitzhara is very strong. Whenever a person has tremendous tzlaka, whenever right, right after Yom Kippur, right after you stay up all night on shvuas, right, the yitzhara is very strong. Just to you know rest on your laurels. So don't let that get to your head. Don't think you're already there. Right? View yourself as 50-50. Right? Vayeshev Yaakov, right? Rashi says, Yaakov Yaakov wanted to chill out a little bit, maybe. If I should say it like that, but Yaakov wanted to maybe, you know, settle down a little bit. That's not our topkin in this world. Our topkin in this world is keep on growing from heights to heights. But more importantly, for I, I would argue, for those who are down, never view yourself as someone who is down. Don't define yourself as a Russia. You're always a Benoni, no matter, you're always 50-50, no matter what you have done uh, in your life. Even if even if you're violating halachos, you're not keeping whatever it is, still, view yourself as 50-50 in this holy shikul, in this holy evaluation, and thereby you can lift yourself up and use that to lift yourself up from the depths. Okay. Now, we've quoted before, uh, we have to talk about the Chetegel a little bit, obviously. Um, uh, we, again, I don't want to belie the point we've quoted before. Right, that we talked about it in seminary, and we talked about it. Uh, I think we're in this podcast. If you check, I think Park probably Parshas Kisitzay, although I don't remember offhand. Um, that very often, we'll, we'll just mention it quickly. Uh, but very often, right, things that are tremendous hatslachas and tremendous detriments and tremendous failings look very similar. For example, the Eagle Azov, right, was a piece of gold. Right, a gold fashioned in the shape of something, and, and B'nai Israel used it, according to many Midrashim, not to worship it, but to use it as a conduit to worship Akash Baruch Hu. Definitely Midrashim that talk about that, and other, you know, certain opinions, right, Machlokas, okay, what was it, actual of Zara, just a replacement for Moshe, okay, B'nai Israel used this golden image, shall we say, to channel Avodah Zashem. There's something very similar to that, that we have many psukim and, and many divretorah about, and that was the Aron. Aron also was a golden image that we used for, right, avoda for on the holiest day of the year in Yom Kippur, right, and to channel, right, we all daven towards the Kodesh Kadashim, right, where the Aron was, right, we, that was also, you know, a use of gold to create some sort of image that would put, we put in the holiest place. And what was the difference between those two? It's exactly the same. At first glance, obviously, Chas Shalom shouldn't say exactly the same. And furthermore, by we just to mention the psukim here in this week's parsha are very similar uh, to the psukim uh, later uh, by the uh, by the what's it called by the um, by the Chanukah Samishkan right by, by Maimon Har Sinai 
as well. And what does it say by uh, by the chet? We'll start with the chet egel. It says by chet egel, right? Shlach is not rebbe nei yisrael by alu alos. No, that's by I'm sorry, that's by my Sinai. Uh, uh, yeah. Vayashkimu. The pasuk says by chet egel. Vayashkimu macharas. They got up early. Vayalulos. They brought ola right korbanos. Vayigishu shlamin. They brought right other types of korbanos. Vayeshava am lechol v'shazto. And the and the nation sat to eat and drink. No. Yes, it definitely says after that, and they came up and got up to immorality, and obviously that's a big difference. But if you take that part of the puzzle that we quoted already, it says also, by Parim, they brought Shlamin, they brought other Korbanos, they ate and drank. It says by the Chanukah Hamishkan also, that there was the Korbanos and there was eating and drinking. You have a golden image here by the calf there's golden the imagery in the mishkan what is the difference right to say it in a very weird way what is the difference between the mishkan and maimon arsinai on the one hand and the chayt Egal on the other hand and so just very quickly and very basically the, the difference is is that Hashem commanded one and not the other Hashem told us this is how i want you to worship and then the eagle of obviously was taking it into our own hands right and very often when we take our religion quote unquote into our own hands and we decide that we want to do this that and the other thing that's not our religion that's not judaism that's not yiddishkeit right we have to operate within a halacha within a halachic framework right and the kosh baruch who gives that to us and chazal explain right that, that this is what you know this is the possibilities these are the options and this is how we have to operate, right? To make our own, to, to say like, you know, with the phrase all the time, oh, I don't hold of that. Or I, they don't hold of that. Or we don't do that. Like, okay, do you have a basis in, in halakha to not do such things? Like, sometimes it's justified. You know, some minhagim are just that, exactly that. Minhagim that kind of cropped up. But most of the time, when someone says they don't hold to something, it means that they just don't care to keep it. Well, that's not, that's not how it works. That's not Yiddishkeit. The Kosh Baruch who wants us to, 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 to keep certain halachos. He gave us a Torah, a way of life. And, and that's, that's Yadus. Right? It's not uh, something that you can just kind of like decide how you want. Oh, there's gold. Oh, there's an image. Okay, I don't really want to make Kruvim uh, and a box and an Aron. I'm going to make a calf. Well, yeah, well, yeah that's, not, that's not how it works. That was the... One of the greatest, or great, I use that in a terrible term, that was one of the worst sins of all time, right? You can't just decide to do that on your own. We have to use the Torah, and what Kosh Baruch wants, as our barometer for what is good and evil, as, as a barometer for what we are supposed to be doing in life. Yeah, just take a random example, right? We, we, you know, I just saw, uh, I think they're making a, remaking a, a Robin Hood. There's another Robin Hood movie coming out. So that's usually, you know, a hero, what is Robin Hood? Robin Hood stole from the rich and gave to the poor. But who says that's mutter? Right? Who says that's allowed? Maybe he has no right to steal from the rich. Okay, fine. In the movie, I think, if I'm, I, back in the day, I remember the rich were acting badly against the poor, and they were abusing them, and really it was the poor's money. Uh, okay, I don't know. But in general, can you imagine? Like, if, you can't just do that. That's not how it works. Right? Is that the, what does the halacha say? Sometimes something belongs to someone else. You can go and do something called tefisa. You can go and take it if it belongs to someone else. And sometimes not, right? If you're going to take money from someone, you need to prove that it's theirs. Long story, whatever. Without the, you know, you can obviously poke holes in that analogy, but we have to use the Torah and Halacha as the guiding force to figure out, right, what we should do and, and how we should live our lives. And and if we use our own right intellect, so that can take us to crazy places, right? Like it took, uh, like it took Bnei Israel to the Ego. All right, just very quick, let's finish up here with, uh, with the overarching question. Right, when you read this story, the Chet Ego, 
is how in the world did Ben Israel do the ego? What do you do? They just saw Akash Baruch Hu, like 40 days ago. Revelation. Like, hello? Everybody asks, right? What, what, how in the world did this happen? Okay, without without uh, without the Midrashim, right? Let's say that that uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. But uh, the era of Rav, that the era of Rav came to Aaron, right? They came to Chur. The debate in the Medrash whether they killed the Shivim Zakanim or not, right? They, they approached basically they approached Aaron and Chur and the Shivim Zakanim, and they killed Chur. Right? And obviously Aaron tried to delay them, install tactics, etc. And then they kind of convinced the rest of Bnei Israel to do it. Okay, fine. But how Taklas? How did Bnei Israel end up with the Ega? Um, and, uh, and so there are a couple approaches. Uh, first of all, just to mention, uh, just to mention uh, the Rambam. The Rambam writes, I forget exactly where it is. I think it's in Hilchus Tshuva, but I could be wrong. Uh, that the question is not how did Bnei Yisrael do the ego, but how did Bnei Yisrael not do the ego? Because Bnei Yisrael had been worshiping Avodah Zarah for 150 years, or plus, or whatever it is, right? In Mitzrayim, right? Halalu ovdei Avodah Zarah, halalu ovdei Avodah Zarah, right? That was the Malachim's critique. And Kriyas Yamsuf, Hashem, why are you saving the Jews over the Mitzrayim? Both of them are Ovdei Avodah Zarah. So the Jews were worshipping Avodah Zarah for a very, very long time. Says the Rambam, a person doesn't change that fast. How many days after, you know, leaving Mitzrayim is it? It's 49 days. It was 49 days from Mitzrayim to Harsinai. Another 40 days later, we're talking a couple of months. So you don't wipe out 150 years of, of preconceived notions and trained actions and, and, and thoughts and, and kind of philosophy in a couple of months. That's not a person changes gradually, right? And that shmuz is used very often, right, uh, in Shana Aleph and Shana Bet to talk about how a person changes, right? You shouldn't just dive into things. Don't, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's important to internalize them and, and take your time. It doesn't happen right away. Okay. So, of course, Rambam says that the question is misplaced. But still, everybody asks it. So let's let's talk about a couple of possibilities. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz and Sichus Musser right, brings a couple of possibilities. First of all, he asks, right, Avodah Zarah, right, is not like other Averos. Right? The Pesach says, that right, Hashem told Moshe that Soru Maher that Bnei Yisrael have strayed quickly from the path which I commanded them. Right? And Rukhan Shulah says in Shabbos, the Gemara says in Shabbos, right? the Yitzhahara, right, doesn't get a person to do, do Avodah Zarah right away. Right? Other sins, the Yitzhahara can, you know, kind of trap you and get you to do pretty quickly. But Avodah Zarah, right, the Gemara says, first the Yitzhahara tells them to do this, then the Yitzhahara tells him to do that, and before long, right, he tells you to go and worship Avodah Zarah, meaning it's usually a process. Yet here, by, by Harsinai, it was Saru Maher, right? They strayed quickly. How does that work, and why is that? So Rav has two approaches. First of all, the first one is based on the Gemara Shabbos and Daf Petas, that the, again, pretty well known, that the Satan came and told the Jews that Moshe was dead, Right, and they didn't believe him, right? And then the Satan showed them his coffin, right? Made, made things go dark and confusing and cloudy and whatever. But Esau got freaked out. They got confused. Right? They saw Moshe's coffin in the middle, right? They thought he was kind of chilling. He was stuck between Shemayim Baritz. Right? We don't know what happened to Moshe. Says Rav Chaim, that was the Esau. The Bnei Yisrael were thrown into Bedlam, right? Into Bela and Nechoshech and Tirbuvia, as he says, right? Into chaos. Whenever there's chaos, Whenever there's things aren't orderly and calm and relaxed, so then the Yitzhahara can do whatever he wants. If a person is calm and composed, Yitzhahara is not going to be like, oh, by the way, you, should, you know, Buddha, you should bow down to Buddha. That's a great idea. No one is going to go do that. But if a person is completely beside themselves, where it has no Yitzhahs to get out of whatever situation they're in, but then they convince themselves to do crazy things, right, that a rational person would never do. Right, that's the power of the Yitzhahara during times of unrest. Right, you can take the Dor Dea, right, the Dora Midbar, one of the greatest generations of all time, right, and throw them 
from the highest levels down to the deepest pits. Rav Chaim explains that that's what happened to Kayan, for example. Right, one minute he was offering korbanos to Kosh Baruch right, as the Ramban writes, right, speaking to Hashem like a navi, right, and a moment later, vayichar lekain maod vayiflu panav, right, he got so upset that Hashem didn't accept his korban uh, that he fell on his face and he snapped and he killed his brother. Right, Targum Yonasim there says that Kayan was a kofer. Right, he said to have lays din lays dayan. There is no judge. There is no judgment. Right, there is no there is no ju- judge with a capital J. Right, there is no judge. There is no judgment. There is no lamhaba. There is no schar vaonesh. Right, so what happened? So Pazik says as Rukhaim explains, He lost his mind. Right, he got very very angry. Fell on his face. Just he just lost it. So that's what that's what got Bnei Yisrael to this point. I mean, we have to keep ourselves calm, right, and focused, and not give in to the Yitzhara when things get slightly, right, out of our control. Right, we have to work on our emuna and bitachon and focus that everything is good, right. Everything that Hashem does is good, and exert our self control to maintain our peace of mind, right, and our ability to think, even when we're not in difficult times, right. That's the, the time to work on our emuna and bitachon is not when things are tough, right. It's when things are good. Because then it's easier, right? When you know, things are tough and you're stressed, you can't think straight, right? But if we've trained ourselves to realize and have a moon to be talking, then everything will be okay. So then, right? That's uh, so that's 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 when we can avoid kind of snapping out of control, right? And going down uh, a dark path with, that we never ever would have considered otherwise. Another approach of Chaim uh, takes is based on Rashi and the Parsha, right? That the again we mentioned that the Eruv Rav was actually the one. Right, who made the eagle right, and caused Bnei Yisrael to stray uh, after that. Right, that's a, actually a very powerful shmuz and very terrifying shmuz because, right, according to that, right, that, that Mahalik Bnei Yisrael didn't really worship the eagle too much, right, and the only chait was that they allowed it to happen in their midst. Okay, that's a different shmuz, but right? it's not uh, uh, not something that's necessarily so practical for nowadays because Bnei Yisrael had control over the entire environment, and nowadays, right, obviously, this can't just go and, and protest, you know, <laughs> Uh, different types of, I guess you can, <laughs> with the protests going now in Israel, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's not a, it's not a comparable to, to modern day, but uh, long story short, right, the Erev Rav, according to this approach, made the Egel, and uh, Medrash also talks about like this, uh, and uh, caused Bnei Yisrael to stray after that. So how did that happen? Right? How, aside from how did Bnei Yisrael actually listen to the Erev Rav, which we, again, we, we mentioned the Rambam, right? it was very familiar to them, right? it was hard for them to switch so quickly, uh, but how did the Erev Rav right, create the Egel? How do you, how, how could the Erev Rav have created the ego? I mean, didn't they see what happened to Bnei? They've they've been here for like for the past couple of years, right? The Erev Rav, what were they? The group of Mitzrim, right? They wanted to convert. They saw all this amazing stuff in Mitzrayim. They're like, I'm in. Sign me up. Right? Hashem, the measure says that Hashem wasn't so happy with that. And Moshe convinced them to take them. Okay, so the Erev Rav have been through this entire story, right? They went through Kriyas Yamsuf, right? They saw the Makos, right? They they, they saw the. You know, they, they saw the stuff that, right, the, the, as the, the measure says, right, the Shifcha on Yamsuf saw what great Nevi'im never saw. Right, for sure they saw all this stuff. Right, they're included in the, right, the Puzzle says, Hashem Hashem of Moshe Avdo. That they feared Hashem, they believed in Hashem, they got, believed in Moshe Rabbeinu. How could they have fallen so fast, right, to be the driving force behind the ego? So Rav Chaim explains beautifully, right, that measure says, Right. The measures that we quoted that we said a second ago that the Shifcha saw more things on Kriyas Yamsuf, saw more revelation of a Kosh Baruch Hu than great Nevi'im later in, in generations. Rav says she was still a Shifcha. Right? Nothing happened to this Shifcha. Right? Because just through, it says Rav Chaim, fascinating Yisod, which is such a, so important for us. Right? Just through revelation alone, that doesn't change a person. Right? That person is still the same. What changes a person? Yigiyah. 
effort, right, through work, and working on themselves, right? right? A person tells you that he worked hard and he was successful, that's something you can you can believe. Right? So the Shifcha, and therefore by association, the Erevrav, they saw these great miracles, they remained Erevrav. They remained the Shifcha. Right? You don't attain greatness by being by gifting, being gifted it, by by just being given it. As if you were, as if you were like, you know, Zochet to something from the Hefker. Or a pile or whatever. Nevi'im, what did Nevi'im do? Rambam already explains. Right? What does a person need to do to get to a level of Nevu'ah? Right? You have to work on yourself for years to attain a high level. And only then you're Zogot to Nevu'ah. Yeah, so in Echnami, that maybe the Shifcha saw it on Har Sinai, but she stayed a Shifcha. The Nevi'im, obviously, on a much greater level, they worked to get themselves to a place where they were Zogha uh, to Nevu'ah. So even though the Erevrav saw Zekeli Venveo at Kriyas Yamsov, they remained Erevrav. Right, because revelation doesn't do anything right, to change a person inside. Right? Again, we, we, people say all the time, I get all the time in seminary and yeshiva, they say, well, if God would just you know, do a miracle for me, then I'd believe. And the answer is simply, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Either you, you would write it off as some sort of natural thing, and even if you couldn't, so that doesn't change a person. Right, because a person forgets, or a person is less impressed. Right, we have inspiration is fleeting. Right, even if you saw something crazy, right, a year later, five years later, whatever it is, right, it doesn't doesn't stay with the person. Years of work and effort that changes a person. But maybe the greatest proof of this, says Rav Chaim, is is Bilam. Right, Bilam had nevu like Moshe Rabbeinu. I'll say that Bilam was the Moshe Rabbeinu of the Goyim. Yet he remained a tremendous Russia. Right, he God literally spoke to him all the time. And but he, he was a, obviously a tremendous Russia. Just because he was gifted nevuah, that didn't change him. Right? Our job is to work. Our job is to put an effort into changing ourselves to try and go against our nature, to uproot the evil within, uh, and to go from madrega to madrega. So mitzvah we should all be zocha, right? Not to to view ourselves as always fifty fifty, right? Regardless of whether we're a Russia or a tzaddik, and in that way, right, to kind of keep ourselves and push ourselves to keep growing and doing extra mitzvahs uh, to ensure that we'll be zocha. And go Michael uh, El Chayel, everybody have a tremendous Shabbos.